0: are listening to episode number 65 of the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I am Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. I am Sam Melanchon of Debacle Records. Each week, one of us picks a Rancid song or adjacent, something adjacent to Rancid, Jesus. Uh, and we talk about it and all our complicated feelings. And so this is my pick this week. And we've kind of been dancing around this and we've sort of said it offhandedly a few times but i as i said last week it's time to have a sort of come to jesus talk about an outcome of the wolves and we're going to do that by talking about avenues and alleyways all right so avenues and alleyways is the penultimate song on an outcome of the wolves and we'll talk about that in a minute um came out in 95 we are coming up on the 28th anniversary in a month so yeah that makes that doesn't make it feel old i don't know what does and yeah okay so do we want to start with the song or we want to talk just i guess we start with the song i don't know this is always going to go places but there's a yeah there's a lot of different places this um so i'm going to start with you know you and i we've talked many times about our sort of love of anthemic songs Mm -hmm. and especially Mm -hmm. when rancid does anthemic songs for my money this is the mountaintop Of rancid doing anthemic songs, like for me, this is the like most fist in the air that course. I mean, the whole thing, the just the god is just it is, yeah. So with that, I mean, I, I fucking love this song. I this is man, I love this song, and I remember when it first came out, and I remember the thing really being caught off guard by the oys because that was, you know, I was, like, 16 or whatever, 15, 16 years. I guess I was 16. And my knowledge of, like, oi music and skinheads, and, you know, we've been taken to task many times for how we our view of skinheads when we were younger. Um, anyway, but, like, at that point still, like, my experience with skinheads and oi and all that was a bunch of racist white, assholes right like neo-nazis and all that stuff so when at first it was like like this made me you know i was like i gotta know more about this why the fuck are rancid like yelling oi 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 and then you know in 1995 there wasn't the internet to just i mean there kind of was i guess it was on america online but like you know you couldn't just (laughs) instantly have the full history of some relatively obscure thing at your fingertips um So anyway, I don't know, that I just remember that, but then as like I learned more, it's like, oh yeah, okay, I get it, cool.
1: I mean, up until this point, this has to be other than like a sham sixty nine song in like England in the like 70s, like this has to be by far one of the most popular songs to have an Oi chorus. Oh yeah. I mean, it's on a platinum record. Like like there's this has to be one of the biggest exposures, especially to Americans. It's a very British thing, Absolutely. right? Like- and that's
0: the thing, yeah. And and, and, and like my experience with, oh, because it, yeah, like you said, it's a very, it's a British thing more so, I think, than anything. But like, I remember being at punk shows and like, not neo Nazi skinheads like yelling, oi, trying to start shit. And so, yeah. like, that was my, that was my rep, for, like, frame of reference for it. And it really was just like, whoa, fuck what? Like, especially, but then, you know, I mean, within the context of the rest of the lyrics, it was like, okay, wait a minute. wait a minute. <laughs> Like I'm misunderstanding something about this clearly.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, this is bringing up some stuff.
1: That's really funny to me. Like uh, a memory of like that whole era. Like I was getting into this, like kind of in the 96, 97, 98 and like, you know, a little after the fact. And, um, that whole movement of like the anti-Nazi punk movement was really big. Like Nazi the, punks, the, um, fuck off! Yeah. Nazi punks, yeah. fuck off! The the anti-Swastika yeah. shirts, the anti-Swastika buttons, the all the rules around what the shoelaces and right. you know like the very like Gen X and millennial view of how fascist, Nazi, yeah, fascist punk, you know, sort of rules that we all there's there's a,
0: and, a great live performance of this i was watching on youtube and i don't know what year it was from like it was posted in 2009 but it's clearly much earlier than that and yeah. at the beginning of it lars says like the only good nazi is one that's lying on the ground with a bullet in their head it's like it's okay. <laughs> like yeah like yeah. good yeah awesome yeah, Fantastic. no 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 and nothing unclear about that no notes yeah.
1: <laughs> no notes uh yeah exactly and 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 exactly and that's great and and sort of it was an era of being very clear about that stuff, yeah. and and there was this sort of insidious. I think there was a lot more of that in the eighties, and people were just like, "Okay, now this world's getting even more popular." Like eighties hardcore was rife with, you know, tons and tons. Hardcore and metal, especially, were just tons and tons of white supremacist music, mm-hmm. and 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 there was sort of this echo of, "Oh shit, this stuff's getting popular. What if all that gets popular?" You know, like this fear right. of. of In the nineties. And the truth is I didn't run into it a lot, or at least not in a way that I was aware of it, you know, as a kid, a very young kid starting to go like suicide machine shows and all these, I would go to ranch shows if I could have just, they never lined up right. And all these things. And like, but like every shirt was about it, every, you know, like, and it was all this kind of, you know, looking back, there was all this very demonstrative race. It's like simplistic race stuff, kind of like in this Mm -hmm. song, which is good. Of like being these sort of unity, um, uh, you know, black and white coming together right. and everything. But it's like, yeah, that's great. But there's literally one black person at the show, you know, like right. it's like, you know, like the the sort of 90s version of papering over racism by just being like, everything's fine. You know, like uh, is an interesting thing to th- think and talk about. Um, but that, my direction that I'm going was I really wa- I was itching for that fight. You know what I mean? I, I wanted that cause of, like, fucking I want some Nazi punks to show up so badly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so that I could be mad about it. And they didn't. And and I would wear and make my own, like, anti swastika stuff and, and buy the shirts. And I had, like, you know, down-to-the-skin mohawks and, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. And when I was 14, 15, 16, and I'd, like, go to church with my parents and, like, <laughs> A lot of people would, I would get in so much trouble with these outfits because they would see the swastika more than they would see the anti-swastika, right? Right. And they'd see the skinhead and they'd go like, what's going on? You know, like, like they, because it's like the scene politics, right? Like it was, um, I remember just getting lambasted and being like, but I'd be like, you know, it's, it's, it's because it's this, all these problems with, you know, my mom was just taking me to task totally legitimately I haven't thought about this in a long time you know I, I remember being so mad at the time um yeah this is really interesting uh, uh being like no you don't understand like this is a big problem and it's like but she's like we're where is this a problem we like we're at the most progressive church in like the nation like what are you talking about like right. <laughs> you, you know like like can you chill out you don't need to wear this like we're fine there's no nazis here like, like right like like you don't have like and you don't go to shows like at all like you barely go to any shows and like they're totally chill bunch of white kids being positive you know like like what what are you worried about like you know like you're not getting in fights you're not like like chill out like 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 it was such a i'm putting on this thing and i'm having this mental fight in my head against these nazis that don't exist around me you know the suburban you know, um, they do exist, but they weren't, like, in my face, you know what I mean? Like, they certainly existed, and as we're seeing, they're everywhere, you know what I mean? But, like, like, at the time, it was definitely an era of it being pretty hidden, and if they were existing, they were existing at 21-plus shows, and they were existing kind of in this, like, different way, and it wasn't this 14-year-old kid that was going to solve it, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I was 6'5", and, you know, probably could have done something, but, like, What was I going to do? And it just wasn't, I don't know, it was such an interesting, like, I wanted to be part of that fight, which I guess is a noble thing on some level, but, like, it was such a farce, you know? (laughs) And uh, so much of the music I listened to was about that, and I I guess I'd rather it be about that than being about, like, why don't ladies love me, which there were certainly a lot of those, you know, but, like, (laughs) um, but, you know, a lot of the tone of music that could have been in my life at 14 I'll take that. But, like, it's also this very funny, like, what fights are you getting in over this stuff in your suburban right. <laughs> lifestyle, you know? Um, and also that simplistic thing comes to mind, too, of, like, that 90s, like, if I m- paint this story of being, well, I'm not racist because I am don't like Nazis, I don't like extreme racism, and I also am very accepting of, like, I'd be happy if a black person was at this show. There aren't any, but I'd be happy if there was. You know what I mean? Like, like It's like step one racism, right. you know, anti-racism, not like step 40. Which is, you know,
0: where most... Uh, well, I mean, frankly, most people are still there in 2023, but like in, in yeah, 1995, exactly. I mean, shit, like being at step one was radical. It felt amazing. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly.
1: But we got... I, there's something really insidious. I think a lot of anti-racist teachers talk about how insidious that step is. Uh, how... You're like, oh, good. You know, I can breathe a sigh of relief because we we got through step one, and it's like, uh, well, no, you well, know, there's yeah, more I to mean, it. it. Is, well,
0: especially now when you think, I mean, uh, I'm sure we have all experienced this, or not all of us, but the you know, working in large organizations where they make this big sort of to do about like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this like anti racist training, or but it it's this very surface level thing, and then it's like, okay, we can check the box. And work out. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and it's like, are you changing your hiring practices right. or your pipelines or any of the other things? Or and the answer to you, that, that question, 99% 99 times out of 100, is no. <laughs> no.
1: And, and it's, yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's the institutional change is so much slower and so much more hard questions have to be asked. And it sucks. And it, you know, it, it literally does suck. Like, it involves a large amount of crappy. <laughs> feelings for people but it just means that you're and all I mean by that it just means that you're sharing the load of crappy right. feelings you know what I mean right. like, right. like, like I'm not saying it's bad I'm just saying you're sharing your fair share of the load of crappy <gasps> feelings instead of like offloading them to certain groups right. you know what I mean yeah. Like, you're, exactly
0: and it's um, yeah and you would you would hope you would hope that 28 years later we had maybe come further than this but <laughs>
1: And I think a lot of people who are much, much smarter than me and I don't want to act like I'm some genius or enlightened, um, uh, have explained it to me as like some of the problem with the pseudo wokeness of the nineties of like the generally being like, Hey, we should move beyond the fucking racism of the sixties, seventies and eighties created this false sense of security Mm -hmm. where people kind of hid their racism or you know retreated to enclaves of racism and then also popular culture was so against being overtly racist that we were ignoring any sort of healing or changing that has to go below below the step one racism anti-racism and it just all it was was a uh building debt it wasn't building um change it was like it was deferred right change, you know, like like all it did was delay the 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 painful conversations. And now we have people who are at extreme ends, you know, um who think that who are you know weren't part of the conversations when the conversations were so extreme and overt they think that extreme and overt isn't a big deal. And like so it's 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 kind of I you know it's that it feels very similar. It's not the same thing, but it feels similar to um People become a lot more okay with the idea of war once there's been two generations since the last big war, right? And nobody's alive to remember, yep. you know, like that. It feels not the same, but it feels similar to that idea of like the more removed sure. you get from the like the last time there was overt racism, the the more insidious the the stuff can be. So, uh, I won't go too much further into that because, like, yes, we've I think we've spoken our piece sure. on skinheads yeah. being uh yeah great good skinheads are great the original idea of skinheads are fine if not a little uh dopey (laughs) at times uh but the problem is if we have to have that conversation every time that means that you have a lot of burning Mm -hmm. like when people co-op something that you don't like uh about your scene holding tightly to it and then being mad that you have to reassert every time that it's like something good uh you're the good ones you can't get mad you have to either move on or be okay with the fact that you have to reassert that you're a good one you know what i mean like, right. like that is that that is the problem with what they do when they come and take over a space right that is the bad thing about what they did and you should be mad about it <laughs> you shouldn't be mad at the people who have to be Distrusting of you, you be, right. because you're aligning yourself with that thing. You should be mad at the fascists that came in and stole exactly. it from and, you.
0: And while you're spending all this time, you know, chastising the people who are wary of it because of that, the fucking fascists are burning it down. And they're they're going thank fucking yeah, God, I great! Mean, now you guys are fighting against each it's, other. It's you know, it's my favorite political meme of the you know when, about democrats where it's like but a dog can't play basketball meanwhile like air Bud is just drinks, yeah exactly in the back. <laughs> it's like yeah exactly it's, and, and you know
1: like like us having semantic arguments yeah. instead of just being both mad that they came in and stole your word yeah. like it, it's like let's be mad at the fucking idiots who came in and stole your word because that's what they do they yep. they take your space away from you that's that's mm-hmm. one of the most powerful things yep. they can do and they can remove nuance because we can't have a nuanced conversation because that's the scary because <laughs> it allows in scary shit. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. absolutely. That's our piece. So I'm sorry that your subculture has been invaded. Um, it, it sucks. Yeah. But like, that's why I'm going to hold. Also, by the way, subcultures that are easily invaded by fascists are like that for a reason. They usually have a high amount of of. Um, tribalism Mm -hmm. high amount of testosterone high amount of um you know kind of hooliganism you know like all these things that are already kind of dangerous and on the ride the edge so like also look inwards in that Mm -hmm. way too of like is that something you want to align yourself with like you got to be careful with this stuff some of this stuff is delightfully fun but like i'm gonna hold a lot of that stuff at arm's length because that's the stuff that breeds bad shit for sure i'm sorry like i'm with you i, I think punk is the same absolutely. way like traditionalist punk is exactly the same way i can love all this stuff and be like hmm anything that's got rules is easily i mean that's i mean you know rules and anger yeah, i
0: mean that's rules and anger is a bad combo absolutely i mean that's a lot of music scenes in general too i mean that you know i mean anything you oh, know yeah. i mean that's uh right, metal, I mean, all sorts I, of I, metal. Was, I, I was talking about this on the foxy us podcast it like for some fucking reason I've decided to get into like dungeon synth, right? Oh and, yeah. Well there you go. Then, I mean and, and you know, like a lot of people are like, like we are an anti fascist label. We are you know it. but it's again, yeah. like it, you just yeah. So
1: anything that could either be played at D D or a <laughs> or at a like fascist thing is like so frustrating because half of them are the sweetest human beings right. on the planet. <laughs> who are goofballs who want to play D with you and read lord of the rings and that's like people after my own heart like i love yeah, them but then there's and i want to listen to their music and then they are constantly having to be ever vigilant yep. against these other fuckers and like they have figured that out they, they go okay the cost of doing business is writing we are anti-fascists yep. and keeping a list of all the facts they literally all right. get together and like keep lists <laughs> They keep an eye on all of them because they're so worried about being either associated with them or, or accidentally letting like, them run yeah, wild. Or like
0: letting someone in
1: to the they're very yep. worried about it. Dungeon synth, black metal, yep. thrash metal, death metal, like they they all are very studious and they keep an eye on everything. And so, like to me, I'm like, there you go. That's the model. And I think I think a lot of anti-fascist um skinhead, punk, oi, you mm-hmm. know, hardcore. You know, power violence is another one. Like, there's a lot of underground groups that keep an eye on each other, and so like when you get like pits that like we're like, oh, we get a little worried when when Lars starts getting too stoked about his Danish right. roots, or when you know, like it's like we don't really think Lars particularly, but we worry about the people who are getting yep. signaled by yep. that, you know, for sure, absolutely, yeah so anyways and of course that's very relevant to this because this is the first let's get back to the song this is our first like really big oi song like this in the same way we were talking about rockabilly with lady liberty like there i mean tell me if i'm wrong this is the most overt oi by like far i can't yeah i can't think
0: of anything else that comes this close Yeah. yeah and it's uh well like i said for me it it made me like rethink what i want to understand more from what i thought right where it can go the other way too mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. people are like oh yeah this is an endorsement of my shitty i mean i don't know how you listen to the rest of the song and think that book but, <laughs> yeah. but people are fucking stupid so um yeah but yeah uh but yes i think this is I, I can't think of... I mean, there's aren't there some later songs that have oys in them that are kind of in the... But I don't... Like, I don't... Like, the tempo... Like, that...
1: It, it has such a, like, a... It feels like what they're talking about is, like, this kind of British hooliganism, too. Like, of, like... Of, like, all these fights and stuff and they want to paint it as anti-racist fights or racist... You know, not anti-racist... Racist fights, but they're just, like... We're just kids trying to get along, you know. Like it's kind of the. It's like, I don't know. That really sounds like a life you didn't live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's a. Uh, but you know, go ahead. Oh Sorry. no, I, I didn't, didn't.
0: have <laughs> him. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> all right, all right. But, that's uh, the episode, guys. I don't know. We just lost it <laughs> <laughs> No. No.
1: I, I do. I do. Uh, it is so powerful it is such a good oi song like i do wonder like i've listened to some good oi just like via like y stuff like there's some actually really great oi songs on um and you know kind of like that youth style songs like on um some of the hellcat stuff like um it's the god i'm blanking on it but there's a couple of great really great songs like that and and I would put this up with most of that stuff I've ever heard. I've, like, listened to the business and, right, right. you know, all these bands. And, like, I don't know if there's very many songs that, obviously they're, like, this does come across as a tribute to, like, Who and the Champ 69 kind of combined is, like, the guitar line kind of has a Who thing going on. Yeah. Like, those big those, that big intro has, like, a big Who thing in my mind. It's
0: also, to me, it's also got this sort of... And maybe this is just because I associate the sort of anthemicness of it, but it has this almost like arena rock vibe to it. Like, it's like, well, it's kind of like, like okay, I'm thinking like kiss, but yeah, like it's. I mean, who's kind of the original, well, you know, like big a guitar in front of, of you know forty thousand yeah, yeah, people, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was thinking, yeah. I was, I was thinking, you were saying the Who, and I was hearing the Clash, so I don't know what that was about. <laughs> okay. You don't even know that it's Friday, so like you can't. Couch, I, yeah, I, no, no, I'm, couch. Yeah, I'm not,
1: <laughs> I'm not judging you. I'm just saying. But yes,
0: yeah, the Who. Okay, yeah, we're on the same page now.
1: Great yeah, podcast, yeah. So like, just think about him doing like you know those big arm thing you know,
0: yeah, the Pete Towns yeah
1: exactly the he yeah. tells just doing the huge like that's what i'm thinking and i really do think this beginning this song kind of has that that vibe Ooh, and and i like, know
0: dc thunderstruck sorry matt.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> but like um you know matt is a big fan right. and everything so like it kind of has that but it really is like you know, sometimes a band like synthesizes another band like Sham Sixty Nine or or whoever, and does a modern version that's like, yeah, it's not like breaking out of the mold too much, but it's a really good synthesizing, right. you know, synthesizing of it. And that's what this is to me. Like, this is just like, it's kind of hard to beat. Yeah, <laughs> it is.
0: I mean, it, it's yeah, it's like they. I, again i mean and this uh, maybe this is a good sort of segue into this part but i mean it, it's just so um it exemplifies that moment of they could do no wrong <laughs> like it's like they had this idea of like yeah. okay hey we want to do an oi song and let's and then oh let's shit let's turn into like an arena rock oi song
1: uh, like, yeah, that's really <sighs> what it is. It's like let's make the biggest sounding yeah. re- rock always song. And I gotta ever.
0: say too, it is a fucking shame that this is not the last song on the record. Because the way it ends, where oh. it kind of breaks down and there's the, it, like it sounds like it's over, and it's all like oh there's the pick slide and it goes into one last huge course. Like and even at the end there's kind of the like there's the it kind of plays out and i mean it's god it's the perfect thing to like end a show with too it's like this great show closing song of and then oh just, yeah
1: and i'm sure they did that a lot I would, right i it's would, like would hope was... but
0: god it is because I, w- I always think of this as the last and then i'd look and i'm like oh no it's the way i feel is the last hi
1: I think that the way they did it is perfect. I mean, we'll probably talk about it with this more with the way I feel about... Because the way I feel about it is such a small song. Yeah. It's And such a Tim song. It's, like, such a nice little coda. I can... It's, like, this little, like, he comes back and just does this little, like, stare somebody down song. And, like, it's sort of like a fuck you, we did it. Like, it's kind of like there's the big rousing accomplishment. Like, again, musical theater. <laughs> like it's like the big rousing accomplishment song and then it's like tim comes out and almost by himself plays a little song like angry song of like sure we made it no, we did I it mean, you it's, know like and i think fu- that one two punch actually does pretty good uh,
0: yeah I mean, well I'm, don't get me wrong the way the fe- way i feel i love that song too but like it, yeah I, if i think of it more as like this is the last song and then that's the encore it works better but, yeah
1: that's kind of how i think um, of it.
0: but I'm, God, it is just such a moment. And, and again, the ending of it, the way that it like s- kind of it breaks down like and a stops, punk show. And then it yeah. ramps back up for one last go, 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 hurrah. Go, go, go. Yeah. Oh man, that's the stuff right there.
1: It also feels like what they felt like their mission was on this album was like, it seems like they were like this okay band that had these influences. And then they're like, okay, we're having this moment. They have all this pressure. They, you know, if you go back and listen a few things they really talk about how they had no time to yeah. record it and i think that pressure cooker thing made this album be better and more crazy than we
0: that you had know again this right whole thing that, I
1: mean. yeah exactly and the you know again that's sort of come to jesus moment about at, at yeah. the world that i think you're setting up um i do think one thing with this album that they continued on my 1 way but really was on this album was they were like okay we like all this different music Let's Go was great, but it's like a California thrashy skate punk record. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all the way to skate punk, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, it's like the street punky kind of rockabilly. And like, it's not, it doesn't sum up all the things we love. And, you know, there's all this British stuff that especially Lars and Tim love. There's all the who and stuff that, that Matt loves. Like, they felt like it was their job to teach people some stuff. Yeah. And they felt like not enough people knew all the ingredients in a lot of ways, all the ingredients of the clash, mm-hmm. Right. They didn't get the vibes. And again, there wasn't an internet. So they, they thought that it's like, well, whoever's in charge of the scene should tell everybody, you know, like there's almost like this, like the leaders of the scene should tell everybody what's going on. And like, there's this sort of responsibility. And again, this like, you know, we kind of know Tim as a Messiah complex For a little sure. bit, you know what I mean? Like he's, and so like, I think throwing a really big, huge, worked really hard on it, Oi song on the end of this record, it's the same as talking about all the things on Roots Radicals and then having the reggae songs and the ska. Oh song. yeah, that's
0: a good point. You yeah. know,
1: it's the same thing as like, let me tell you guys about these records we like. We like Oi, we like Sham Sixty Nine, we like you know these various Oi singles. We like ska. <laughs> we like ska. We like you know. Desmond Decker, we like all these Sing. things, you know. Let me tell you about uh, the story of Operation you know? Ivy and the true story of Operation Ivy. Let's let's tell you about, like, there's a little bit more about, like, let's have a couple really clashy songs so when people re- reference the clash, you'll go listen to the clash. Like, like there's sort of this responsibility to, like, take their influences and put them, do really good versions of them so that because they're, again, it costs 20 bucks Right, at a time when 20 bucks was is the equivalent of 50 right. bucks to us right yeah. now. Uh, um to get a record and most records weren't in print and most of them had really bad CD transfers. Like it, it wasn't like where I now I realized, you know, a few months ago, oh, I could just go listen to the Shame 69. For right. years it was impossible to get a hold of Shame. 69. Right, no,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So
1: like like the idea for them to be like, well, it kind of sounded like this, you know, and this is how you how you Sing along to an song, you know, like there's it's something almost instructional about, right? Um, this record, and it's
0: and it's th- such a great example of, I mean, it, it, I, I, you know, thinking of because we people talk about, and this is obviously different because it's well, anyway, you know, it's not sort of co opting your influences or what it's synthesizing, it, like, and to like yeah. through their sort of prism in a way that. I think gets the message or the point across, but does it in a way that like, it doesn't just sound like four dudes from California LARPing as whatever. It sounds like this is, this is sounds like an Americanized
1: version of it. For yeah, sure. Like it sounds like
0: this is Rancid's version. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're right. I, that's it. And time, as time would certainly show with this band, but in in general, like that's a really fucking hard thing to do. And I think the pressure cooker and the fact that they didn't have much time to really think about it and second guess it because there was no time. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure there was, there were, there they did, there was some of that and all that. But you know, like when you take five years to make a record, or hell, even a year or two years to make a record, there's so much more you know back and forth it's all the like politics of uh, shit,
1: and just overthinking this is just like
0: uh we have we got to make this fucking record and we got to do it and we're gonna like uh, and
1: this is the make or break record for us i mean and
0: um so yeah I, i i yeah i i completely agree with all of that and so i i you know we've talked about our favorite rancid record oh you know and it's I, I think and I'm sure people listening to this are gonna argue but like and and I recognize i'm I'm doing a lot of caveats here and I'm qualifying this a lot and I realize that supposedly you know there's no there's nothing objective there's no objective truth when it comes to art and music mm. <laughs> like some of the some most of the time anyway like this is the best fucking record this is their best, like this I'm sorry this is as much as I love two thousand and and I love Life Won't Wait and listen to the shit. Like, as good as those records are, they just don't have, like, top to bottom, this record is just... It it never lets up. Yeah. I think one thing that makes it hard
1: is how much the rest of the catalog doesn't sound like this record. Fair. I mean, but that, you know... There's a case to be made that, like, this record... I'm not saying good or sure. bad. I'm just like as we've been going through, I'm like I'm kind of shocked more and more by like it must be weird to be a casual ranted fan because like no other record sounds like an Out in the Wolves like like really doesn't like there's whole tones that you cannot get outside of an Out in the Wolves and I don't know what the what, like the reason.
0: Um, I mean, I well, I think part of that is because it was just this unfathomable mo- moment and they can't rec- they yeah. can't recreate it um
1: yeah and then i also think because it's so big there's also a little bit of running away from it and then they became like this running back towards i was gonna say i
0: mean when you look at their set list of the last 10 years it's 80 percent, and and i get it but, yeah for sure i understand why and i think that's you know for good for them like uh yeah yeah. i mean
1: being aware that that is they end just about
0: every show with ruby for a reason right like (laughs) no of course but yeah i I mean i think that is true but you know and i think there's i don't know i think the three i think all three of their great records i I mean i think outcome the wolves has it more than any of them but they all have that kind of thing of like they don't sound like any of the other Records,
1: yeah, which is helpful, I think, because then you can kind of be like, well, I like this one for this, and I like this one for this. Yeah, I think you're right. I, th- I think the the truth of it is is that if you become a crazy rancid fan, I don't know any of those, uh-uh. but obviously, but um, once you cross some, there's some threshold you cross. And I think a thing that we haven't said enough or haven't admitted, and we're coming around to is that there's some baseline where you just go, and how can the wolves exist? It's the best. And it's in your DNA. Like, it's right. just like, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's the table that we're setting it's, everything it's else. The on.
0: water is wet of the rancid. Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and then like you want novelty and then you go, okay, which one of life won't wait or 2000 is my favorite. Yeah. Because you're just like rancid exists. I love outcome. The wolves now. What? And so when you kind of have these favorite discussions, you're sort of, I think for the most part, people maybe won't admit it. But I think if you looked in their heart of hearts, including what we're doing right now, it's probably like, yeah, elk of the wolves. But then, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's sort of a <laughs> but then what conversation because it might be a lot of it also is burnout. Like the thing that we're we're not talking about is that we might be like over the burnout a little bit. Fair. Like we're coming yeah. around to. Okay, all the novelty of these new songs—we hadn't heard a lot of these songs, these other albums. Like, we're enjoying Troublemaker. We got a new album just recently, um, and also just we're re reflecting on all these things, and so like we're kind of rediscovering Rancid, and by doing that, we're doing the fan arc of like, oh yeah, it's fun to go to 2000. It's such a good record. It is such yeah. a good record. I wonder how much of it is a great record if you don't like again have the water like the baseline of like Up in the Wolves is great. And then in contrast, 2000 is really great too. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just can't tell. I can't tell if there's a contrast or not. I think Life on Weight is definitely a contrast because it's definitely like a more is more version of alcohol Um And so I think you're right. I think as of today, I think that's the fun way of thinking about the podcast. Sure. As of right now, I think I agree with your premise that like, I can't deny it. out in the walls. It is. I think they've been chasing it. I don't think they've ever come close. Even in certain things, I mean, yeah. About
0: it. I, even and yeah, I agree. Like in this moment, and I, well, I've been feeling this way for a little bit, but um, yeah. It, it, but like I'm recording right, it into right, the ether, exactly you know, putting like, it out on the permanent record. Um, but yeah. yeah, even even as high of highs as. Life Won't Wait and 2000 Reach, which they are fucking great records. There's, like, there's just this and, like, and then. And that's an Outcome of the Wolves. Like, it's as good as they are and as much as I fucking love them, they, it's just not, it's not quite the same thing. Yeah. And and again, that and that's, and that's honestly, it's ridiculous because any band that, if you really, if like your two, you did. Life won't wait and two thousand, and like those were your best record. Like in, you know, you didn't have the outcome of the wolves. Well, fucking, my hats off to you because that's you know like. Those are very good. <laughs> records, most yeah. bands don't even have those two
1: in their. You know, like uh, those are. Yeah. yeah, and we're not even talking about the first two records. Right, right. Records, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. life won't wait and two thousand are, are basically ten out of ten records. 9.9 yeah, maybe i don't yeah. know but like yeah i think they're yeah if, i think they're they're very close yeah. this is like an 11 this is the spinal tap it goes to 11 right this is like <laughs> at least right I don't yeah know. It's, I,
1: I think that's where i'm leaning to and i think i just i think it's kind of the argument like if i'm going to make the argument i made about people are fooling themselves about time bomb it's kind of the same argument yeah of like the familiarity breeding a little bit of like, nah, I'm over that. Or I just assume that people like it. Like or you know, like there's sort of this like, yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada right. of like, yeah, 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 time bomb. You know, like it's in my soul. So now I can go pick something else. You know what I mean? That's my favorite Scott right. song. It's like it's like it's kind of the same thing with Outcome the Wolves where you just go, Yeah, outcome the wolves. Now let's talk about race. So, right. You know, right, right. <laughs> like it's like it's like it it would be too dominant otherwise to have the conversation, you know, like is kind of the feeling I have. And I think that's like I would if I'm making that case about time bomb, I think it's almost the same case of like yeah, but come on, let's I be mean, real. It's an even
0: stronger, uh, more extreme case. Like it's the same yeah, it's the same yeah, case, I think but you're like right. amped up to, you know, whatever. So I yeah, I no, I totally agree with that. Amped up to journey to the end right. of the Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's,
1: I I think I'm, I'm with you as of today. And over the last, I would say six months, five months has been like this real, like, Hey, maybe, (laughs) maybe I'm just being like a, you know, too familiar. And I let myself get complacent about alcohols and it just, it's it's you know, oh my the, the God. funny, I mean, the funny yeah. thing is
0: i think where it really hit me is when we did the she's automatic episode and it's like okay and we're talking about it being like, the yeah, quote-unquote yeah, worst and I was song there and, I, and afterwards i was thinking i was like yeah this is the work like quote-unquote worst song on this record and it's still better than like ev- almost every song on every other and it's the worst song by like a country mile too <laughs> like it is so
1: much worse than the rest of the album and it's not even that bad <clears throat> And it it's, would still be the best song on like,
0: like five of their other like. <laughs> other oh yeah, writers. and it's
1: like it was like an, a good step down from every other song on the album. You know what I mean? Like it's like both. It's in both directions. It's impressive. You know what I mean? Like like. So you're like, oh shit, what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm with you. I I I think of today. We can we can put that. Yeah. Uh, with that in that case, and I'm I'm, I'm with you. This is not you're not getting an argument
0: from me. All right. Well, I think that's that. I don't think there's anything else to say. Got to be a battering ram coming every through every alleyway and every avenue. Okay. Okay.
1: Which, by the way, is vaguely like a bunch of hooligans are going to come beat you up. It's you kind know, of vaguely like that, but it's also cleared. the like
0: uh, you know the. The force of anti-racism. Well, is just the the f- force of the young generation is gonna fucking like fuck the boomers, man. We're gonna fuck you and your fucking stupid idea. I mean, we still hear it today. Everyone's like, "Oh, Gen Z is gonna save us." Gen. Yeah. I mean, I hope so because f- fuck the boomers.
1: Come beat you up in the uh, well.
0: If they're yeah, beating up the boomers, system. fuck yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck the boomers. Mm-hmm. Oh. Anyway, sorry. Uh, speaking of the boomers and fuck them. We got a great voicemail <laughs> about <laughs> Harry yes.
1: Bridges. Let me get, Harry Bridges. We got a Harry Bridges response. Let me find it. am <laughs> <From> Ted, <laughs> I, like, I like that intro. Here you go. Cut this out. I could get into
0: a whole like conversation I had recently about you know. Boomers and like, and it sort of it makes this song makes me think of the like, the part about like, uh, it's t- change your step aside and like basically we're gonna fucking blow you over and because mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody about how like the reason every other like generation is like there's no upward mobility I mean there's you know upward mobility has been oh yeah the boomers won't fucking quit they won't leave. Yeah. Like they, yeah, and they're such a big block yeah. of them. Yeah, and they're yeah. just... And they, you know, I mean, we were, I was talking about... We were talking about with, like, arts jobs and, like, so it's like... Yeah, because all these fucking people who are the ones making... They've been there forever and they won't fucking get out of the way and make room for anybody else.
1: There's no culture of, of passing It's on. very
0: much it's the, the, like, oh, I'm pulling the ladder up behind you and fuck you. Yeah. yeah. So, fuck the fucking boomers, man. It is
1: crazy how much...
0: Anyway, so i think there's I, I i read a bit of that into this song even though i you know i don't know they're not somewhat of a projection but i think you're also <laughs> right
1: in terms of generational right. yes of more the
0: generate yes and you know yes i so, think you're right okay all right here's ted's i gotta
1: read
2: harry bridges is um i think of it as kind of like the east bay local history association meeting notes written up in um written up into a song uh which as a as a punk rocker i have done um, myself about, uh, like I've written up a meeting about poli- some political thing I've been involved with um, and interestingly there's like an intersection of Harry Bridges and uh, their sort of activist life because I was sitting in a meeting learning about um, US labour struggles and um, when the speaker John Newsinger, was talking about Harry Bridges and I was like, oh fuck and then um and so, like, you kind of join the dots, and I wonder if, uh, I wonder who we're getting that sort of kind of stuff from, whether it's people around Tim Johanna or whatever. So, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's a cause it's like it's good piece of history to learn about, especially if it's kind of like in your area, uh, if you're looking around and everything's kind of, um, like just great everyday kind of thing, and then you're looking around and you think you know, once upon a time, people were writing on these, these streets, once upon a time, there was a general strike that st- shut down three cities, led by, like, Trotskyists and communists, and there's a huge red scare that went with it. Um, yeah, it's cool. To- great song.
1: Uh, thanks for the note, Ted, that, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's a very good point. I think just, if nothing else comes out of this podcast, and us all reviewing this, although, like, Little bits of history that is forcing us to go I back know. through and talk. And Glenn was leaving a bunch of good stuff on our Patreon, which you know, you guys yeah. can sign up for. Uh, about Harry Bridges. And I just felt like, God, this is if nothing else, this is the best thing. I know, it's like all this we're stuff doing. learning.
0: Like even this and thinking about, you know, it's a new album, The Barbary Coast and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. a history lesson. I do think it's an interesting question. Like, I wonder who was feeding this stuff to Tim.
1: Yes. Like the the sort of history of the original history of like East Bay punk rock was so radical because of like the maximum rock and roll Mm crew and that very like communist sort of origins of, of East Bay for being kind of treated like it's the pop punk center of the world. It was, you know, the most politically extreme, you know, Gilman was famous for being almost like too politically pure, You know, like, you know, almost a purism test, right. You know, purity test um, uh, to, to be involved, you know, I I do wonder who it is that I was feeding this because I do just think Tim's kind of a history buff and 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 an avid reader, which is interesting because he had a hard time reading early in life. And um, but I think he does love that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it, was he being taught? And and that is something that I worry about: is that that curiosity and that sort of local history sort of element of punk rock, like where's that going? Because we're We've kind of spread out and globalized into these groups that are more like I can just be friends with some random fucker in Oklahoma. Right. You know?
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I think about that. all I mean, I've had plenty of conversations like with, through the sort of Foxy Digitalis lens about how it's like I love Foxy Digital, but it's like it. It's, it I, and I've thought about like I want to do scene reports or something because it's like I feel like they're you know yeah. it's not. It's not what it was. And and I and I and no. I start to worry, I'm like, oh god, I'm doing all the good old days. Like, you know, that's not but yeah. there is something lost. Um it really I not to bring up
1: like the you, you just remind me of something that's sort of off topic, but like that scene report thing, it's like when when Norm died, Hannah mm-hmm. Bright, mm-hmm. um for people when he died, um You know, he never really was fully huge in Seattle, like the people who knew knew. But, like, I don't think compared to how important he was on an international level compared to Seattle, they never really figured him out. And he was never super interested in playing a ton of shows. And um, he had a lot of friends and his his wake and and was beautiful. And I I think a lot of people were shocked by all the semi famous people who sent in stuff to be shown at his. You know there, there was sort of this thing of like local scenes aren't the same as they used to be mm-hmm. like a guy can be much more famous outside mm-hmm. than inside and we have a very good scene in seattle like bolstered by good people but like still that's like not enough for a lot of these different music scenes and like even with a big big city you know and a big you know seattle's got its problems but it's this, it's such a different thing. You know, a guy can literally be here, be a part of the scene, but still not be appreciated. And then when the guy poor guy dies, and is such a, you know, oh, right. awesome important guy, like we people are shocked at like all these, you know, John McIntyre sending stuff in about it. And people are like, what, you it's know, like, like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, dude was, you know, beloved, you know, like, you know, like, he's, it's important, you know, and, 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 um, it just makes me think i've been thinking a lot about like how do we keep local scenes going because there's a lot less financial um reason for people to tour which is why local scenes exist you know like they they tend to stick around to be hot spots for people to drop in you know especially at a mid-sized city where there's a cost to doing a show uh-huh. you know it isn't like you can just rent out your vw hall you know um and so i don't know That just like that's part of the discussion right now of like the dying or the trans at least the transformation of local scenes right now um it's definitely part of that like and and one of the things you are losing are like them being kind of the self-record of the local scene the local town itself you know what i mean and so
0: yeah no i mean yeah i think i think about that a lot of all the time and in a lot of ways yeah i'm not gonna yeah don't want to talk about myself (laughs) yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, we all didn't. Drew also sent in a message about Harry Bridges. Drew
1: sent
2: in oh, yeah. uh, a very serious yeah, message very, that yeah. we need to okay. listen to. So for years, I thought the line was... But apparently, when you look it up, it says over and over again. Which, now I'm just upset because since 1996, I was fairly certain as... You know and tim and lars love women
0: and i'm sure matt is lovely as well to women so uh, uh. The, i i thought the same thing for the longest time i thought it was woman. it was and it's just perfect like i don't know in my mind it was like oh it's like drunk eddie be like woman <laughs>
1: I think I said something like, I feel like I misunderstood this, but I couldn't remember what it was. Like, I think I said something in the, Maybe, uh, yeah. either I thought it or I said it in the thing and it, he nailed it. It's exactly <laughs> what it was. It was like, I, I didn't, the actual, I never, the actual
0: lyrics are um, so much better than what they sound like.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I never registered that line as that. And he captured exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. He also, um, talking about Harry Bridges and, and Drew, Drew reminded us that we dropped that right as, um, uh, the sag AFRA joined the WGA strike. We're looking down the barrel UPS, of a, yeah. UPS strike. There's all sorts of strikes going on or near strikes going on. We might be looking at Striketober. A bunch of different um, negotiations are going forward. I'm looking up uh, before this episode. And if it's not very obvious, like we are definitely standing in solidarity yeah. with all these folks. I don't know if... I know there was a Broadway... Strike. I don't know if any of this is affecting Drew, who I know works somewhat in, in those worlds, but um, in the, if the message is not clear, if you, especially if you're involved in any of these industries, like we're super on your yep. side, you know, anybody who's on the picket line, you know, this is us virtually honking our horns <laughs> and saying, tell us what we can do to help you, you know, and uh, fuck them scabs. And uh, <laughs> it seems like, it does seem like this is going to be one of the more intense seasons for, oh uh, fine, just fucking starve them out, mm. you know, for all these groups. Like we're really at one of the more heavy, this is going to be one of those heavier strike seasons. And so, uh, things are going to get harder and harder for those people. So if there is sort of mutual aid or yep. anything you can do for those folks, you should consider doing it because, uh, this is the only action we have left in, in these sort of more oligarchical, yep. <laughs> if that's a word, uh society we're trending towards and seeing some of these you know people staying in you know the strikes maintaining and getting more and more what they want will be a very good sign for humanity i think so 100 um whatever you can do to help yeah Snip. yeah and Whatever we can right, do yeah, Dad, I mean, too, if there's something that that people can tell us to do or point people please to, please tell
0: us. We're really yeah. on board. Solidarity yeah. to workers so. always.
1: Yes, and I believe Rancid says the same thing. That's one thing that I would always yep. say. They've been very clear on is that they are a workers uh, band, and a lot of bands they work with, like Dropkick Murphys. Mm-hmm. But you know, for all the flaws and worries I have for those people they're very worker pro worker and that's what always makes me come back so yeah, yeah. um so next yeah. week i guess i'm asking myself what okay, to pick you, 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 take it away i
0: don't you don't even need me
1: take it away so, yeah yeah sorry um kind of on the uh we were kind of bringing up 2000 but uh i don't believe we've talked about it i'm gonna laugh if you pick a song I, we've already done <laughs>
0: Well, it's it going to happen. happen. You have a list, uh, though. It's you're gonna, like, that I don't have. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you but do it, it's even fun. think I've looked well. at that
1: list. If you, <laughs> you're, that's, no, uh, let's talk. Let's, you know, drink some honey <laughs> and lemon, <laughs> you know, and put a cold compress on our throat. Do you know where I'm going? Uh, and let's talk about Loki. Have we not done Loki? No, we haven't done <laughs> We haven't yeah. done like I don't think we, we've done a lot of like similar stuff. Yeah, uh,
0: have we done dead? Hey, have we done dead bodies? No. Yes. Done, just when I think of the cold compress no. on the throat, those are the two songs I think. It's <laughs> those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We've done one of those ones where he's screaming. Yeah. <laughs> we did the Matt one. Have we done it where it's like half Matt and half Loki screaming? Did we? Yeah. Yeah. What's the What's the one that towards the end?
0: Uh oh my god oh young Al Capone no
1: do we yeah we did do young Al Capone yeah I love young Al Capone um anyway (laughs) yes Loki the most harsh hardcore yeah intense it's I do think of early on with that album this is my one little preview uh, early on with that album was very much defined by like whoa when I heard yeah. Loki specifically being Ouch. like that's where we're going <laughs> yeah just like whoa like yeah the whole world was getting more and more okay with hardcoreism you know like this is the era of like locusts and things like that and it felt like even Rancid wasn't into like <laughs> yeah. Blood Brothers locust you know like it's just like the world was getting more and more okay with extremism and and extreme music in response and i think uh loki was definitely like kind of definitive for this album it was like poison for tim and loki for lars and it was like oh okay we're in a new world we're in a new (laughs) place for rancid so that's what we'll talk about next week
0: good good times all right um thank you everybody (laughs) for listening um you can find us on twitter and instagram at rancidpod patreon Patreon patreon.com Slash Eleventh Hour podcast. Send us a voicemail. Send us an email. You can find all that in our link tree on our social media and all that. And uh, yeah. And again, solidarity for workers. Yep. And see you in the pit.
1: <laughs> I so badly wanted you to do it as like the Loki. Oh voice.
0: god. <laughs> oh god. Oh <laughs> god. We're going to get that cold compress now. <laughs> That's like one second. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, I, I heard it like rip. <laughs> it's like, oh, Ian's going to come up with a song. I said start and it's with you. I said start
2: and it's with you. With
1: you. <laughs> Is that big lead, yeah, it's almost like uh, for being like an oi song.
0: Well, I guess, sorry, sorry, we've done 64 of these. Haven't you figured out that the fucking, yeah. what, what, how the who are you? Do oh I know God. you? Do I know? Okay.